Hi, everybody. I'm Gus Johnson along with the governor. He says he got all his jeans from his mom. From his mom. A lot of nylon. A lot of excitement in the air. Yes. And we're ready for college basketball. College basketball. Oh, oh. Gus. Oh, he's got onions. Gus. He's got onions. What's up, Big East fans? We are live with a very special episode. We are officially at the best time of the year. Ryan, happy March 13th to you and yours. Thank you. I don't know what that means, but I appreciate it. Well, we've done it for, I think, 19 straight episodes, so I think you should just get on the bandwagon of it. I don't know how to celebrate March 13th. Well, what would you do on March 13th normally if there wasn't college basketball? Um, Host a podcast with my brother. Well, here we are. So this is a special episode because... Five Big East teams were picked to go dancing this week. They are going to the March Madness first round. And we know that, you know, you know Big East teams well, especially if you listen to us. We wanted to break down some of these teams that you're going to be playing against and matchups you might look at. Um, kind of inspired last year when UConn got a little Teddy Allen by New Mexico State. Ryan was all over that in some of his film sessions before it happened. Um, we also broke down Baylor Shireman when he played on San Diego State last year against Providence. Ryan did a great job with that, too. So we did some research on each team, so you don't have to. Yeah. And we were going to start – we're just going to go down the bracket, Ryan. Yeah, you want to start at the top left and uh, make our way down. And the first matchup on the top left is Creighton versus NC State. Ryan, your initial reaction when you saw this draw before we did all that research, any – preconceived notions of NC State coming in? I knew NC State was, you know, pretty far onto the bubble. Um, they were potentially not going to make it in. I also know that they're in a pretty mediocre ACC. I think they finished somewhere in the top five or six. Um, they do have a big wins over Duke and Miami this year. Um, that is one of the things that, you know, they beat two of the better teams in the ACC, though, coming into this. And then the one person I did have in my book from um, NC State, we'll get into this a little more, is Turquavian Smith. He should be in everybody's book, especially Creighton fans. You'll want to pay attention to that name, Turquavian Smith. And so a little bit more about NC State season. Um, they had a very, you know, they were solid for the beginning of the year. They started off 15-4. and four. They got all the way up to 19 and five. They've lost five of their last nine. And a lot of those in blowout fashion. They got blown out by Virginia by 13. They got out, they got blown out by Clemson by 25. And they got blown out by Clemson again by um, 26. So they're, you're going to hear some of these teams we talk about that are really going in the right direction. NC State's kind of faded down the stretch of, and that's why they played themselves under the bubble. Yeah, they, they won one game in the ACC tournament against Virginia Tech. And then they lose their second game to Clemson, as Tyler mentioned, in pretty poor fashion. Um, so you want to get into kind of what the style of play is like for NC State? Yeah, so I went with a lot of Ken Palm stuff for just to give us a ballpark. I know Ken Palm's not perfect, but um, Creighton ranks 28th offensively. NC State ranks 37th offensively. Creighton ranks 15th defensively. NC State ranks 85th defensively. Um I don't. I mean, from that, it that shows me that Creighton is going to be able to score a lot in this game, but it's going to come down to Creighton's defense and how they play. Yeah, absolutely. And um, 
you know, so much of that is going to come down to Terquavian Smith. He is a six foot four sophomore guard. He's first round NBA draft talent. A lot of people projected him to be in the first round last year. If he had gone pro, he chose to come back to school. Uh, they really liked the coach at NC State. He had mentioned so. There's, you know, there's, he's got a ton of talent. He's an NBA body. He's very long. He he loves to shoot the ball. He's one of these guys. There's no bad shots to him. So he's going to take a lot of shots. Uh, and if he's hot, it, it'll be really hard to guard him. I, I'm guessing Trey Alexander gets the assignment. Well, the problem is they also have another guy who is a weathered superstar now, Jarkel Joyner. Um scored 17.1 points per game to Tarkavian Smith is um, 24. He's a old Miss transfer. Um, I don't know if he has any NBA eligibility. He's a point guard, six foot one, 180 pounds. Um, but he actually ended up outscoring or he out rebounded um, Tarkavian Smith. So it seems like Ryan Nemhard is going to have his hands full guarding Jarkel Joyner. And it seems like Trey Alexander is going to have his hands full guarding Tarkavian Smith. Yeah, I think you've got to put Alexander onto Smith just because Alexander's your best on-ball defender. So that would be my guess. Joyner, he's the truth as well. Um, I don't know if he's the same level of talent, though. Um, but between the two of them, Joyner and Smith, they take almost half of the shots on this North Carolina State team. So that's something to keep an eye out for. And someone else who helps is DJ Burns is on their team. And the reason I want to highlight Burns he has a very similar body to Bala, who did very well for Arizona. He has 260 pounds. He is six foot nine. Ryan Cockbrenner has struggled when players are much bigger than him. Think Adama Sonogo this year. Think Balo this year. This is the body DJ Burns has, and he's no slouch. He's scoring 13 points a game. Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. Um, Burns, that that will be another matchup to watch for sure. If Creighton wins, they will most likely see Baylor in the second round. Um, you know, Baylor's guards are – Baylor is led by their guards. They're super athletic. Uh, they switch one through five. They're one of these, like, ridiculous athletes teams. So that would be something else to watch. I'm not sure Creighton's seen anybody quite like them. Yeah. It seems like this NC State team is – the difference between – we're going to talk a lot about of higher-seeder teams in the Big East later – those are kind of undersized teams. This is a Division One body team that they're going to be playing against athleticism, NC State. They're going to be playing against guys who are long, quick, NBA talent-wise. Would you agree with that? Like, rather than some of these mid-majors that you're going to be seeing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they have athletes. The ACC is full of athletes, and this is one team with athletes. I think a lot, a lot of this game will come down to uh, are they able to limit the two superstars on the team, Joyner and Smith, if they can Creighton should be able to weather anything. But if Smith goes Teddy Allen um, or Joyner, right, it's going to be a really long game for Creighton. And keep in mind, NC State is not interested in playing defense. They are not a good defensive team. They gave up 97 points to Clemson – or 84 points to Clemson, who's not the best offensive team. They gave up 77 points to Virginia Tech. They have 71 points to Clemson. They're not a great defensive team. My concern is – Creighton has sometimes struggled offensively. So if Creighton's offense isn't going, NC State can outscore Creighton. Yeah, I don't, you know, NC State has the athletes to play defense. They held North Carolina to 69 points. I, I wonder if it's a discipline issue out there for uh, defensively. We'll see how locked in they are for this game. Right. Level of confidence that Creighton moves on 1 through 10. Creighton needs to play their game. 
they need to make NC State play Creighton's game, um, and then they can win this game quite easily because they're a better team. They're more well-rounded. If they fall into, you know, this kind of shot for shot, NC State could steal it. So you did not answer my the level of confidence one through ten. I think Creighton will win. They just need to go play a good game. Will you just please give me a number one through ten? <laughs> um, Twelve. <laughs> so you're gonna go with the Creighton Blue Jays to win. I think that this is not the. I think Creighton would have done better with the team they could physically impose. Um, I don't love this draw for them, but NC State's on the bubble for a reason. They struggled in a bad ACC this year, um, so I will go with an eight that I think that they move on. Right, we're moving down the left side of the bracket, and the next game is Kentucky versus Providence. It's the Bryce Hopkins Bowl. It's what all the fans were hoping to see. So, uh, you know, let's take a little look at Kentucky and what Providence is going up against. Don't let the committee ever tell you they don't do things for television. You put There's no reason for Bryce Hopkins to play against Kentucky, and you did it. Um, you want me to just start with a little Ken Palm? Just to kind of give a... Yeah, go ahead. A little background. Providence ranks 44th on Ken Palm, Kentucky 28th. Um, they are very similar offense, offensively and kind of defensively. Offensively... Providence is 16th, Kentucky 14th. Defensively, we all know Providence's struggles. Um, they're 108th. Kentucky, 71st. Not something you might be accustomed to seeing from a team that is normally a blue bud. Both of them kind of play a slow pace in the 200 self so for their tempo. Yeah, and I think when you're talking Kentucky, you're talking Oscar Toshibue. He is the best rebounder in the country. He is the best offensive rebounder in the country. He had 15 rebounds in their matchup against Vanderbilt in the SEC tournament. 11 offensive. Um, he's a force. He is One player of the year in college basketball last year, I believe. Last year, yes. He is currently the reigning player of the year. It's going to be a really tough matchup for Croswell, and Croswell's going to have to find a way to keep him off the boards. Yeah, I wonder if they go to kind of a zone here and let – because you ideally you want Hopkins to guard Toshiboy. Toshiboy is very mobile. Hopkins probably isn't big enough, which when has he ever heard that? But you want someone who's a little bit more, you know, Croswell's kind of a two feet in the post kind of guy. Um, I think a Hopkins match, you might see a Hopkins matchup at certain times against Toshiboy. I don't see that personally. Um, Toshiboy doesn't shoot much, even though he is, he's got good mobility, but he's not a shooter. He's so. kind of a Trace Jackson Davis type of Right. So I player. think they keep um, Croswell on him to try and body him and keep him off the offensive glass where he does a lot of his damage. If he gets into foul trouble, I think Providence has a clear path to win this game. Oh, for sure. Um, they have Antonio Reeves, who is a guard, senior guard. Jacob Toppin, who is Obi Toppin's brother. Um, and then they have two top 15 prospects um, that come off the – or not come off the bench, but Cason Wallace and Chris Livingston. So, yeah, Cason Wallace is a five-star recruit point guard freshman. Uh, just jump out of the building athleticism. But, you know, freshman mistakes, they go hand in hand. So um, he's gotten better as the year went on, and that is a lot of why Kentucky's gotten better. Yeah, um, I I did some notes on them. They're not a good three-point shooting team. They're pretty poor three-point. I mean, that makes sense with Toshibwe, but I believe they are um, – no, they're pretty bad. They don't take a lot of threes either. They, you know, one of the least amount of threes in the country. I, it seems like this these teams are kind of mirror images of each other. Um, obviously, Kentucky has the higher recruits, but Providence and Kentucky both struggle defensively and excel offensively. Is that a fair assessment, you think? And I think 
most of all, they do most of their damage on the offensive glass. And it does make me fearful for Providence that the things they do well, Kentucky does even better. They're the fourth best team in the country, um, offensive rebound wise. Um, what did when did Pray or Providence I'm Prayton Providence really run into an issue when UConn out rebounded them forty to twenty? If Tashiboy has double digit rebounds, this could be a this could be a really tough game because five of those could be offensive boards. Yeah, Eddie Croswell. It will be a really important game for Ed Croswell. Is he able to slow down the reigning player of the year? I think that's what this game comes down to. But let's also be clear, this Kentucky team underperformed. This is like we're gonna sit here and sing praises of these teams. We believe that the Big East teams might be better in every matchup except this one. This one's like the only one where they're not gonna be favored. I mean, this is how they started the year, ten and six. Remember that was when they were saying Kentucky wasn't gonna make the tournament. Then they rattled off four straight. I was under the impression coming into this that Kentucky was on a roll coming, you know, coming into the tournament. They're seven and five in their last twelve. They're not. They have bad losses. They've lost to Vanderbilt twice. They lost to Georgia when everyone was saying their season was on the line, and they lost to South Carolina, who is a bad South Carolina team. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason they're a six seed and not a, a two seed. Um, they don't shoot the ball very well. They don't defend at a very high clip, but they've got some some real athletes on this team. Yeah. So, what does Providence seem to do when win this game? I think we sang some Kentucky praises, but Providence is not the best matchup for Kentucky either. Yeah, if, I mean, obviously you always are hoping Noah Locke gives you a nice game. If Noah Locke is able to shoot, stretch the floor, and then you need Bryce Hopkins and Ed Croswell to just bang on those boards. If they both go for double-doubles, I bet you they win this game. Yeah, I mean, Bryce Hopkins, not that he needs, is going to be wildly motivated. I mean, this is a team that didn't play him last year. He came in and he was absolutely dominant in the Big East at certain times. He's saying, "I this is what you're missing. You need me. Um, I don't, you know, I'm motivated. I don't think anybody else is going to be nearly as motivated as him um, coming into this game. So is Cooley just putting that in front of, you know, if I'm Ed Cooley, I'm putting enough pictures of Bryce Hopkins at Kentucky and I'm putting him in his locker every day. Like, remember this? Remember this? Remember this? Um, I'm and sure then, Cooley will do it. And then just quickly, if they win this game, they will probably see Kansas State in the next game. Big East fans have seen Kansas State when uh, Butler played against them, but they have improved significantly from when Butler handed them a loss in the non-conference. Um, so that would, I, you know, I actually think that might be a better matchup for Providence. Yeah, I, I think this is one of those that Kentucky was like, ugh, and Providence was like, ugh. Like, they were both, I think both teams were probably like, ah, this is a kind of a really hard game for our first game of the tournament. All right, Ryan, we're going further left, so or further down on the left. So then we're going to Marquette versus Vermont. Marquette gets the two seed, as they well deserved, in the East region. And they will see the winner of the America East Championship, Vermont, who's kind of a perennial uh, seed in this NCAA tournament at this point. They are, you know, they dominate their conference, and they show up every year, and they give somebody a run. I was going to say the same. Quick Ken Palm. Um, Marquette ranks 12th in Ken Palm, 8th in offense, little 47th in defense, 135th in tempo. Normally, I wouldn't bring tempo into this, except when you talk about this Vermont team. They're 113th on Ken Palm, so 100 spots below Marquette. 99 offense, 153 defense. They are 314th in the country in tempo. They play 
slow basketball. <laughs> yeah, the only team in the Big East that plays slower than them is Villanova. So if you're a Marquette fan, think about your Villanova games. That's what they're going to want to play at, a very half-court-centric game. Um, so it, it's really going to be up to Kolick and those guards to get out and push and speed up the tempo of the game, make them uncomfortable. And I I don't want to overlook Vermont because I think they are really, you know, perennial. But you look at Vermont and you're like, oh, how did they get this many losses on the year? You know, they lose 10 games. Well, the problem is they started off the year 8-10. and 10. Yes, does that mean that they have won 13 straight games? Absolutely. I have, I have 15. 15 straight games? Absolutely. But they lost those games in non-con. They lost to um, St. Mary's. They lost to uh, Cal State Fullerton. They lost to... Iona by 40. They lost to Yale by 30. They, I mean, they lost a lot of games against not great opponents in non-con. And what they did is they dominated their conference. Yeah. I mean, they're very much a low major team. They have no size, right? Like their biggest guy on their team is like 6'6 or something. 6'8 from Connecticut. Oh, yeah. Matt Videtta. Uh, so Iguodaro will finally be the biggest guy on the court. It'll be the first time all year for him. But – you know, they, they've got some players. You don't dominate your conference without them. They've got the player of the year from their conference, Finn Sullivan. He's a six foot four senior guard. Um, you know, they shoot, they shoot the ball really well. They're one of the top field goal percentage shooting teams in the country. They, they, they play good basketball for their conference. I don't know if they have the physicality and athletes to compete with a high major team. I think your point about Villanova, and I'll even say the past years, is really – they don't turn the ball over at all. This team plays slow. They don't turn the ball over, but they also don't get turnovers. They turn the ball over nine times a game. That was 359th in the country. I believe that's only there's only 360-something. They, they just don't. They play so slow. They don't score a lot. They are trying to win with you know the least amount of possessions as possible in this game. Yeah, I think if Marquette gets out, runs, runs good offense, hits their shots like they have all season – I think this one will be over pretty early. I do too. And what Vermont is bad at is rebounding. And even if that is Marquette's weakness, Oso Iguodaro will be a good rebounder in this game. And like you can't you punish Marquette's weakness because that's also your weakness. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, right. so if they win that game, they see the winner of Michigan State USC. I haven't seen a game of USC in probably two years, but I saw Michigan State earlier this year play Villanova. They got a ton of experience. They got a ton of guards. Um I think they still have the big fellow over there, Malik Hall, um, on Michigan State. They got some real players. Um, they do, yes. Malik, Malik Hall, the Hauser brother, right? Is that the Hauser brother that went to Marquette? Yes, they both so went to Marquette. That would be a revenge game. AJ Hogard is kind of their point guard. Um, Michigan State underperformed at the beginning of the year. They were um, five and four. They kind of came on. I don't trust the Big Ten. I'll be the first one to say that. I think that we make these – we say that non-con is really important and then we just say, well, that's a really good team, so it makes sense that they lost to another good team. But, like, eventually, you know, you have to beat, you know, those teams. Um, I don't know. Michigan State is going to shoot the ball well from three. I'm assuming you're playing them. I, I, should we touch USC at all? I don't know much about USC other I, than I'm they I'm not going to touch on USC just because I'm not educated on them, but they get – uh, Purdue and Kansas State as the one and three in their side of the bracket. Um, if they make it to the Elite Eight, that Purdue team is going to be tough to beat. And they played them this year. They lost seventy-five to seventy. Um, you're going to you're going to rely on the maturity and the um, growth of Kolek and David Joplin 
and these guys who have just taken such big steps forward that you hope that this Purdue team doesn't even recognize those kids coming out of the locker room. Yeah, and you've got to give credit to Shaka Smart. There's a reason he's going to be National Coach of the Year. You give him a chance to see a team, and he has all year to make an adjustment. I think he'll have a game plan. But I don't know how much you can game plan for a seven-foot-six fella that um, could score with his eyes closed. And we talked, Ryan, about Purdue. Or maybe I talked to my buddy Tim about it. Would you rather Edie get 30 points and stop the three-point shooting or let Edie score and double Edie every time and let those guys shoot from three? Do you think it matters? If you don't stop Edie, he could go for more than 30. That's what I said. Right, Edie could go for 40 if you don't stop him. So I think you have to try to do both. I know that's a cop-out, right? But I think you I think you let the three-point shooter shoot and you have good closeouts the best you can. You double Edie every time he touches the ball. Yeah. Edie pass. I watched a lot of Big Ten basketball this year. Edie passes the ball well out of the paint, but he also fake passes the ball out of the paint. If Mason Gillis hits five of five threes, you might lose this game. Um, whoever plays Purdue, assuming that Purdue gets there. Yeah, right. that, that would be a really fun game to watch. All right, Ryan. We're... Moving on to the right side of the bracket now, yep. I believe. It, now it's Xavier versus Kennesaw State. Uh, Xavier got the three seed in the Midwest region. Kennesaw State is your champions out of the Atlantic Sun Conference. Um, they were the number one team in that conference all year. They were the number one seed going into the conference tournament. And they win the conference game conference championship by one point over Liberty, who was in the tournament last year from this conference. Um, Ken, Ken Palm breakdown has Xavier 16th with the ninth overall on offense, um, 70th on defense, faster tempo at 39. Kennesaw State 127th on Ken Palm, 153rd offensively, 116th in defense, and 118th in tempo. And I did think this was Big East fans know about this metric. They rank second in luck this oh, year. Okay, you, <laughs> that's great. You know what stood out to me? They rank second in the country in minutes continuity. From last year to this year, 81% of the minutes being played this year were um, by guys playing minutes last year. And you took the words right off here. I put older team right above them. Yeah, they, their five starters are all upperclassmen, uh, three seniors and two juniors. They're a tough team. They're, they're a low major team, though. They're, yeah, they're balanced, which you don't, they don't have superstars. They have, yeah, um, Chris Youngblood, who's going to score it a little bit, Terrell Burden. Um, Deadman Robinson, Brandon Stroud, those are, you know, they're all averaging double digits. Um, but yeah, they're, they played three teams that I saw, um, high major. They lost to San Diego state by 34. They lost to Indiana by 14 and they lost to Campbell by 24. Campbell's not even high major. Um, so, but they're 16 and two in their last 18 and their two, you know, two losses are, you know, they lost by three and they lost by, um, seven. So. We'll, we'll try this out. According to ten, Ken Palm, they're the eighth worst team in the in the NCAA tournament. Um, I watched a little bit of them. I loaded them up. They play four guards around one. Uh, and you know all those guards are older, tough. You know they're, you know they look like strong guys. You can't say that. Um, but they look like low major team to me. Yeah, they. And they, they turn you over a little bit. They get, they're averaging 15 turnovers a game um, from their opponents, which is, you know, that's really good. They're, you know, that's top half of the league. Um, they shoot the three ball really well. So that'll be something to look at. 
They 53rd in the country in three-point percentage, um, but they don't shoot a ton of threes. They're kind of middle of the country um, for shooting threes. Yeah. So Brendan Stroud, who you already touched on, was the defensive player of the year in their conference. I'm guessing he gets the Colby Jones assignment. He's six six, so that's probably um, you know the guy that they're going to try to use to slow down Jones, and we'll see if that's able to work for him. And then their their biggest guy that they start is six nine, so we're looking for a big Jack Nunji game here. Yeah. Uh, the only other note I have in Kennesaw State before we move on is they are a very bad free throw shooting team. So if you see them going to the line, Xavier's defense can be a little more aggressive because they're one of the worst free throw shooting teams in the country. Um, especially in that single bonus. I expect to see Xavier kind of aggressive, um, going for some steals early, trying to turn him over and make this an up-and-down game to start. Um, so, right, if Xavier survives and they knock off Kennesaw State, they're probably uh, – I don't want to say they're probably because I think Pitt has a chance to beat Iowa State. Um, but I, I, you want to just go with the higher seed, Iowa State? Yeah, we three saw really different teams, so we can't talk about all of them. But Iowa State, we did see lose to UConn in the PK-85. Iowa State is a defense-first team, and even more so since they lost their three-point specialist in the middle of the year, Caleb Gill, who if uh, you guys watch the UConn game, he will not be playing in the NCAA tournament. He's been asked to step away from the program. Um, they have Gabe Kalsher, who is a name that might be familiar to um, Big East fans because he was in – not Big East fans, but he was at Minnesota for a long time. Um, just if you've kind of followed college basketball, he's been around. Jaron Holmes, um, you probably saw if you're a UConn fan, he played against UConn last year at St. Bonaventure. Um, and Osuno Sani kind of jumped onto the scene. Osuno Oshuni. Osuno Oshuni jumped onto the scene at St. Bonaventure as well as being, I believe, the leading block blocker in all of Division One history. Yeah. Like something, something ridiculous. Re- like he blocks re- um, a ridiculous amount of shots. He averaged But this year on a high major, he only had 1.1 blocks per game coming off of three per game last year. But it would be a really fun game, Xavier's offense versus Iowa State's defense. Um, and who's able to prevail? I still like Xavier in that game. Iowa State is just lacking some offensive talent. I'm not sure they'll be able to score. Even if they slow Xavier down some, I'm not sure they're able to score with Xavier. And I'll be honest, I'm completely Big East, but I think Xavier got a great draw because I think Texas is very much overrated too. Um, I think what Texas did really well this year is they won a lot of games with their older players in the regular season. Um, but now that those players, you know, at the beginning of the year, you can win a lot with just having a weathered older team. But now that everyone else kind of caught up and is playing college basketball um, for a long time, you know, and they don't have a head coach really um, because they had all that issue with Chris Beard. I think that I think Xavier can emerge from that half of the bracket. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, we did see Texas beat Creighton earlier in the year. They're certainly not a pushover. They've got a ton of talents. They've got a ton of pieces. Marcus Carr um, has been one of the best players in college basketball for a few years now. He made all-conference uh, Big 12. But I certainly think Xavier is right there with them yeah. in terms of talent. They finished 7-4 and four before winning the Big 12 um, tournament. So, I mean, really impressive to win the Big 12 tournament. Not going to sit here and say it's not. But if I'm a Xavier fan, I'm pretty optimistic about my team's chances to at least play on the second weekend. Yeah, and then you have Houston at the top of your bracket without Marcus Sasser. Yeah, I mean, everything comes down to if Marcus Sasser is healthy. All right, right. Our last matchup for Big East teams in the tournament is the UConn Huskies, who are in the four seed. 
um, against the Iona Gales, Rick Patino's Iona Gales. In what could be a preview of uh, many Big East matchups to come. So let's take a look at Iona a little bit. Uh, what did Ken Palm say? Ken Palm has Iona 79th offensively, 67th defensively. They play in the MAC, not a great conference. Um, so those numbers are, they were the best team in the MAC, though. Yeah, they kind of dominated the MAC all year. They were number one seed um, going into the conference championship. They won the conference championship. They had the player of the year. They had the defensive player of the year. They had three guys who made all conference. So, you know, they were the best team in a, in a pretty bad conference. Yeah. Um, they really, they're on a 14 game winning streak going into this. Um, you asked me a minute ago why that might worry me about um, Iona and not Vermont. And that's because I think Iona has Rick Pitino as their head coach. And, you know, these guys who have been in the tournament, they're going to know what to say to their teams coming into it. Yeah, for sure. They uh, The player of the year there is Walter Clayton. He's a sophomore uh, guard. He can score from just any, about anywhere on a court. He, you know, mid-range, three-point, at the rim. They'll try and get him in pick and rolls and just allow him to create because he's the real deal. And he's the best free throw shooter in the country. So any aggressive defense um, will be met with him shooting 95% from the line. Um, I was going through Nelly Jr. Joseph game log. He is a six foot nine, 230 pound um, forward for Iona. And some of his numbers, and he went to the NBA Academy in Africa um, before this, but some of his numbers are absolutely ridiculous. Let me just read you a few of his rebounding stats um, once conference play started. And listen, again, Mac is undersized. I'm not trying to sit here and say that this is the same as going against Sonogo, but it's 13, 14, 12, 10, 10, 13, 11, 10, 11, 13, 16, 8, 10, 17. Kid can really rebound, and on a team that doesn't rebound the ball well. Yeah, he's strong. He's strong as a ball. Uh, I watched the first half of their championship game against Marist, and as soon as you see him on the court, it's like he's different than everybody else that was playing in the MAC, and, and he was really able to dominate. He's one of the best offensive rebounders in the country. He actually plays the four, though. He's not their five man. They have a seven-footer, which you wouldn't guess in the MAC. Uh, a fellow named Shima, who doesn't isn't a huge impact player, uh, but he does play the five for them. And then they have Junior Joseph at the four. I Iona this year beat Vermont, which the team you just heard about by twenty-one points. So, and the only time we can match them up, they don't really play a lot of people out of um, out of conference. They lost to New Mexico, um, I believe. Did, where is um Richard Patino, Rick's son? Is New, he at New Mexico? New Mexico, yeah, not New Mexico State. Yes, they lost to um him by eight. Um, they have some bad losses. They lost to Quinnipiac by twenty three. They lost to Siena by seventeen. They lost to Ryder. Um, but they really are peaking at the right time. Uh, do what, you like this what, matchup? What does UConn need to do to beat them? UConn's a much better rebounding team than them. UConn's one of the better rebounding teams in the country. Um, they need to break the press. It sounds like Iona's going to probably press for most of the game. And one of the things that was confusing to me is when this happened, you know, this launched the bracket, um, everyone on Twitter was talking about how, you know, UConn doesn't have a true point guard. Tristan Newton has two triple-doubles this year. Um, yes, Tristan Newton might be taller than a natural point guard, but Tristan Newton handles the ball well and doesn't have huge issues with turnovers. So that part of it didn't scare me, even though um, Iona can force a lot of turnovers. 
Yeah, and it's not something UConn hasn't seen, right? Like UConn plays against two teams that press all the time in Marquette and St. John's. You know, Mark Shaka Smart is probably the most famous pressing coach in the country right now with his havoc defense from VCU. So I, it's not going to catch him off guard. And, as you know, Newton has had a couple bad games with turnovers, but for the most part he's been pretty sound and he's been playing better lately than ever. Yeah, and – Hey, listen, the thing that worries you about Iona is they have three guys who could give you 20 points. Um, but if you shut down two of those three, you're going to win this game. And you don't want to play a close game against Rick Pitino, right? No. Like, you don't want to play a two-possession game down the wire against Rick Pitino because he's going to pull off some magic. Absolutely. Yeah, You, I, I looked at this draw for UConn. Um, they faced St. Mary's after, and I was like, well, if they can't beat Iona, they can't, you know, be a second-weekend team anyway. Um St. Mary's is bad, in my opinion. They are in the WCC, and they lost by 40 to Gonzaga the other night. So it shows me that um, St. Mary's is not ready to face a team like that. Yeah, shut down the player of the year there, uh, Clayton, and keep junior Joseph off the glass, and I think UConn should be okay. Yeah. All right. All right, Big East fans, you have listened this far, and I know that some of you are looking for this. We decided to get a celebrity to help us fill out his bracket. And man, he, Ryan, one of the things that impressed me before we, you know, go to this interview is how much Colin Gillespie still knows about college basketball. He knew a player on every single team that we went through. Yeah, I thought we watched a lot of college basketball, and this man, I couldn't keep up with him. So you'll see a couple parts where we just let him go because he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, he, so he loves the Big East teams. So we're going to kick it to Colin Gillespie where he is going to fill out his bracket with us. Okay, Big East fans, we need to take time to shout out the best sponsor for our first year, Diamore Designs. They are your go-to place for custom mugs, custom shirts, custom hats, custom hoodies, jerseys. You have to order through them. Go through their website. Go through anything that we have um, in their bios. Locally, family store. The absolute best. They're the best in the business. Any custom apparel that you want, you want to get your squad looking right, you want to get the crew rolling together in the same shirts, same hats, go to Diamore Designs, contact them, and they'll put it all together for you. And we couldn't be happier to have worked with a, you know, a sponsor in our first year of doing this. So you guys have shown us love all year. Go show them some love. Diamore Designs on Instagram. Diamore Designs on our bio. Diamore Designs on the web. You know what to do. Double D. All right, Big East Barroom fans, we are joined by two-time Big East Player of the Year, a national champion, and current Denver Nuggets guard, Colin Gillespie, to break down the bracket that was just released a few hours ago. Colin, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're so excited to have you do this. Uh, you know, we kind of had the vision. You know, we were like, it was fun to watch celebrities fill out brackets, you know, when we were younger. And uh, you know, we'll see we'll see how many Big East teams get far in this bracket of yours. Let's do it. Let's get right into it. Let's start with the South region. Um, you go with a big upset to start your bracket? Nah, this is my first time looking at the bracket, so I'm getting a chance to see it for real right now. But I'm not going to bet against Alabama. They got one. They have. Probably the best player in college basketball right now. And they play really well as a team. They're well coached. So I wouldn't bet against them. Uh, I got to go with my guy, Willard, uh, Maryland. I love Coach Willard. Uh, I think he's an awesome coach. I know a lot of the guys on that Maryland team. There are a lot of Philly guys over there. 
Uh, so I want to go at Maryland there. Haven't seen much of Charleston at all this year. Uh, I haven't seen San Diego State either, but they're normally well coached. So give me San Diego State. Furman is a very, very, very good basketball team. So I would take Furman. Virginia didn't. I watched that ACC championship game the other day, and Virginia didn't impress me. Um, Did you play against the Tony Bennett pack line defense while you were in college? I didn't play against them in a real game. We scrimmaged them a couple times. Definitely really annoying to play against, but Furman's got older guards. Um, and I lo- I actually lost to Furman my sophomore year too, so um, I know what they're about. I would take Furman. All right, you go first Big East matchup, Creighton going in? Yeah, I mean, I like Creighton a lot. Uh, NC State's really talented. They have two really good guards, but I would take Creighton. Um, I think they just have too much in their starting five, although NC State is – they got a lot of guys, but too up and down throughout the year. They got experience, but I would take Creighton there. Um, and I'm definitely going Baylor. They have three of the better guards in the country. And I think guards win you games in, in March Madness, and they're going to take you as far as you go. So, You've been a guard who's won a few games in March Madness. That's correct, right? <laughs> yeah, I won a couple games. I had a lot of help, though. But uh, they have a really, really good core of, of guards, and then they're big men. Uh, Thamba's been there through a national championship. Uh, the other kid that was hurt just came back. He was there for a national championship. So they have a lot of experience, great coached team. So. I would go with Baylor. Missouri and Utah State's interesting. Utah State's really good. I think they shoot the ball really well. I haven't seen much of them. Um, but if I had to pick an upset again there, I would pick Utah State. Uh, just not knowing much between the two of those and having to pick an upset somewhere. And then I would take Arizona. I don't think Princeton's a 15 that gets it done. No. We go um, down to the next one. Yeah, next, the East. Yeah. This bracket interests me the most, I think, because I saw this one a lot. And I just watched uh, – they had a bracketology going on, and everybody had Duke and Marquette. Uh, all the analysts had Duke and Marquette in the Elite Eight, and then a lot of them had Duke going to the Final Four. I don't think anybody had Marquette going to the Final Four. Um, but I would take Purdue. I don't think there's anybody – I mean, I say this now. They lost last year to St. Peter's, but I don't think there's – Zach Eadie's pretty special and doing some crazy things. What would you do against Zach Eadie, Con? What would, uh, what would Jay Wright draw up against someone who's just that, you know, big? We played him last year. Oh. He beat our ass. <laughs> what, what did he try to do? Uh, make it hard for him to catch the ball. I think it's really, it's really tough because he's so big, so you can kind of throw it anywhere. Mm-hmm. But you just got to keep moving on him uh, and fight for po- post position. And if he does catch it and he catches it anywhere inside of five feet, it's probably a good bucket. So you might as well just start running down the other end of the floor. But um, he's really hard to stop just in terms of rebounding, scoring. Um, you got to really fight for post position and make it difficult for him to catch. You got to have a lot of ball pressure, make it hard for them to throw it in there. But they're really well coached and they have other guys, a lot of guys that have been there for multiple years. So. Um, I, I like Purdue there. FAU, everyone's talking about them, but Memphis looked really good today against Houston. I know they didn't have Marcus Sasser, but um, they looked really good today, so I would take Memphis. 
if Oral Roberts was matched up against anybody but Duke, I would take Oral Roberts. But uh, Duke's playing really well right now. Uh, I think Roach has done a really good job of kind of being the head of that team and the leader. So I would take Duke. And then they have great play from their freshmen. I think they're starting to click at the right time. I don't know much about Louisiana, but I know Tennessee, um, they're going to struggle without the kid that just got hurt. So yeah. uh, I'll take Tennessee, but I don't see them going past there. Yeah, they don't score at all, Tennessee. Yeah, it's it's tough for them to score, especially without their point guard. Um, we also played them last year. He's really dynamic with the ball, but uh, we'll see. I mean, they're well coached too, so. Kentucky Providence. Oh man. I I mean I'm really interested to see what Hopkins does. I think uh, Kentucky will win. I don't know if I don't know if Providence matches up with them very well in terms of size and length at each position. We were talking about um earlier. Do you think any of these Cooley rumors are a distraction for the team or you think they're kind of banded together? Mm, no, I think Coach Cooley does a really good job of handling all that. Obviously, I don't. It could be true. It couldn't be true. But I think he's super locked in on on the present and now. Um, he's I I played under him uh, when we were at USA. He's a great coach, great person, a players coach. So I think he'll have his guys ready. It's just going to be an interesting game because I think both teams have been up and down throughout the year. Um, I just that's a pick them honestly. Uh, but I think Kentucky, after losing the first round last year, I think Cal Perry will try to really have his guys ready. And I think there were some guys on that team last year that ended up losing. So I'll take Kentucky there. And then Kansas State, I think, will win um, that game. I don't know much about Montana State. Not in my book. Yeah, no. I like Michigan State a lot. A lot of veteran guards over there. Well coached. Don't know much about USC, but I know the Pac-12 is horrible for the Pac-10. <laughs> um, they have, like, two really good teams every year in Arizona and UCLA, and I think, my personal opinion, I think the league is soft. So, Yeah, I would have liked to see Rutgers get in there instead of USC. Yeah, that would have been a really good game, Rutgers-Michigan State. Um, but I like Michigan State. They have really good guard play. Um, and they're well coached. Kid Tyson Walker's really good. AJ Hogarth's good. Uh, so I like them. And then I'll, I know Vermont's really good, but I'm gonna take Marquette. They did. They were they were pretty special this past weekend. Um, Shaka's got those guys ready to play. They play hard. They compete, and they just beat the shit out of Xavier for 40 minutes yesterday. So they got a chip on their shoulder too. They are. Uh... Shock is figured out. The the chip on their shoulder, that's like that was Big East play, but now it's March Madness and a lot of people are picking them. So I don't think they're like they could say that there's a chip on their shoulder, but people are picking these dudes to go to the Elite Eight. And I think I know Coach Wright had him in the Final Four, the the national runner up when when he was picking his bracket on TV. So yeah, a lot of people are picking them. They played really well this past weekend. It's obviously. Yeah, take it one game at a time. So we'll see how how it goes there. Moving up to the right hand side, we are on the Midwest. I like Houston. They play so hard. We played them last year. Um, even without Marcus Sasso, they play extremely hard, and hopefully he gets healthy. He's he's a really good player. Uh, lead guard, 
older veteran shed's been there and they had a lot of guys back from last year and they're well coached. So I like Houston. This is an interesting one. Iowa and Auburn, two teams. Yeah. Very interesting game. Two very different styles of basketball. Another pick them probably. I think Auburn's athleticism would be a little bit too much uh, in the pace that they play at. So I would take Auburn. Uh, Miami Drake. I don't know much about Drake. Five twelve game is always horrible though to be in as a five seed. Um, but I'll still take Miami. I think they have really good guard play. And Seth Davis just say he's picking Drake to win the first two games, right? Didn't he say that today? He's been a trendy pick for a few years, and uh, and a coach there is now involved in the Georgetown rumors. Drake. Hmm. You know, I don't see him getting past Miami. And then I would take Indiana. I don't know much about Kent State, but if he had a Drake beating Indiana, I don't think that's going to happen. Mississippi State, Pittsburgh. I would take Iowa State. I think the Big 12 is the best conference this year, so they play a lot of tough games. I would take Xavier here. You worried about them without Fremantle, losing some steam? Yeah, for sure. For sure. He was he was probably their second best player or their best player, but uh, he was up there as one of their better players. I'm trying to think about if I want really think Iowa State's going to win that game. People are picking Pitt. People like um, – what's his face? Greg Elliott's uh, up there. Greg Elliott's at Pitt? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People better be saying shit about him being in school for forever too. <laughs> That fucking guy was in school when I was a freshman. He was there when I was a freshman, too. Yep, and people made fun of you, and you only did your, what, four years? I did my five years, and I got hurt. Yeah. Give, me, give me Pittsburgh, though. I like Pittsburgh. All right. Cable's a, a good coach, or whoever wins that game. They did well at ACC. Um, give me Penn State. Hi, one, Penn State. one of my high school teams plays for Penn State. Oh, yeah, who? Andrew Funk. He can shoot. Yeah, that's my guy. He was a he was a junior when I was a senior in high school. How did anybody guard you two when you were both shooting? He came off the bench for us when oh, I was a senior. Andrew ended up going to Bucknell, probably under recruited, and now he's killing it in the Big Ten. So, uh, yeah, and I love I love Jalen Pickett. Uh, he plays a very similar style, and he's bigger than me. Um, but they have really good guards, and they play like four out and one big in, and they shoot the shit out of it. All four guys can shoot. So I like Penn State a lot. And then Colgate is really good. This game's going to be a lot closer than people think probably, but I still like Texas. And people have been in college forever, Marcus Carr and Christian Bishop at Texas. Hey, Marcus Carr is another one. He <laughs> came. I scrimmaged him when I was in Pittsburgh as a freshman. We scrimmaged Pittsburgh. But before he went to Minnesota, he was at Pittsburgh. He's another one. He's old as shit. <laughs> um, I would take Kansas, although I don't think they're as good as everybody says they are. Um, I think they're. I think Jalen Wilson's really good, but uh, McCullers too non-existent sometimes. Great Dick doesn't show up sometimes. They do have uh, Dewan Harris is a really good guard for them, but um, they they scare me a little bit. Beginning of the year. I had I had Illinois in my final four mm-hmm. at a really beginning of the year. But the shit that's happened over there is kind of a little weird. So I would take Arkansas. 
they play hard, really well coached, and they have really good freshmen. And Nick Smith is back, right? Yeah, he's back. Anthony Black's really good. Uh, Jordan Walsh is really good. And then Ricky Council's tough. I don't know. I didn't know who he was before this year, but he's nice. I take VCU. They got good guard play. They got Brandon Johns was at Michigan for a while and was in the Elite Eight. And I think he might have been there last year when we played them in the Sweet 16. So he's got experience in the tournament. And 5-12s are always weird, especially if you get the right matchup. Uh, UConn, take, they're going to be really, really tough out in the, uh, in the tournament. So I would take UConn over Iona. Uh, TCU. I don't think Arizona State or Nevada can beat them. They seem underseeded. I know they were ranked for a long time this year. Yeah, they just didn't play. Like the kid Mike Miles was really good. He just didn't like some games he played, some games he didn't play. It was weird. So, um, but I think when they're fully healthy, they have a really good team, and I don't see them losing to either of those teams. Then give me Gonzaga. I think this is the one year Gonzaga, like nobody's talking about them as a top seed and they always come into it with it as a top seed and everybody's like, Oh, this might be the year. I think they have a shot this year to kind of make a little run. Maybe Boise state. I don't know much about them. Give me Northwestern. Is the big 10 overrated this year, Colin? I think Purdue's good. I think Penn state is good. Indiana. Indiana is good. I think Trace Jackson Davis is really good. Maryland's hit or miss, but they, I, th- I love coach Willard. So. I think they're pretty good, depending on – Illinois scares me. Michigan State's up and down. I don't think they're overrated. They're just like a solid conference. They're kind of like the Big East. Like just – you got a couple teams that are really solid every year. And then I would take UCLA. All right, first round done. <clears throat> now we're getting teams that are trying to get to the Sweet 16. You got Alabama, Maryland. Alabama, is probably the best team, in my opinion, right now. So I would take them. Then I would take Furman. God, love that Cinderella story. Yeah, you got to have one a year. This game is interesting. Creighton, Baylor. Now, Con, you've played a lot of games against – we've played at least one game against Baylor and a lot of games against Creighton. What do you think Creighton needs to do to uh, pull off the upset here? Mm, not turn the ball over. Baylor tries to get into you. Uh, defensively, they like down everything on the sidelines. At least for me, they blitz all my ball screens. But um, it'll be interesting because they have Cockbrenner and he's big inside if he can score around the rim. And then Trey Alexander, in my opinion, has been their best player all year. So, um, and most consistent guy. Um, so it depends on what he does. Nemhard, if he can control the pace of the game make open shots and find guys. And then if Kaluma doesn't go crazy and just do his own shit, then I think they should be fine. And then Shireman was a great addition in terms of like shooting um, and just having an older guy on your team. So, and he was also in the tournament last year, so he's got some experience, but I would take Creighton uh, to get past that. It's going to be a close game. Could go either way, but um, I like coach McDermott and, I think they have what it takes. They were Sweet 16 last second second round team last year, so we'll see what happens this year. And then uh, Utah State, not gonna take them. I would take Arizona, Purdue. 
don't see them losing till till at least the Sweet 16. Then I would take Duke. Duke's hot right now, and I don't see Tennessee. They got a little. They're older at the guard position. I think that kid uh, Vescovi's been there for a long time. So, um, Tennessee's just not going to score enough. Yeah, and Duke's defense has been really good. So, um, I think Duke wins that game. This game will be interesting. Kentucky matches up well with them. Don't know if they're. Jerome Tang is a good, a really good coach, and I like Keontae Johnson. I like Marquise Noel. but I would take Kentucky there. You got some blue bloods going on. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to turn out well. They could lose in the first round, but we'll see. Fuck it. Oh, uh, Michigan State Marquette. Do you think coming off a of Big East championship, there's a chance for a letdown for Marquette going into this uh, tournament? It's a possibility for sure. I know it's happened multiple times to teams that have won. Normally, sometimes it's good to get a loss, like before you kind of go and make your little run. How many have they won in a row? Like eight in a row now? Yeah, they're on fire. They've I think their last loss is against you. They've won like 13 of the last 14. Yeah, so that that scares me a little bit because I mean, ho- I mean, with Shaka, I don't know uh, because he seems to always have those guys ready. They seem hungry and humble for it, but Michigan State's got really good guard play. Could be tough to win that game, but the way Marquette's playing right now, I would take Marquette just defensively. They've been in everybody's shit, and Kolick doesn't make that many mistakes, and he's playing really good basketball right now. Yeah, it's Colin, point guard to point guard. What do you see in Kolick's game? Uh, Obviously, dude plays with a chip on his shoulder. Um, and he, he bet on himself. Where did he go first? George Mason? Yep. Yeah, went to George Mason, played really well there, transferred up. Last year, he probably took a backseat to – had Justin Lewis playing the Big East for the first time, um, and now I think he's adjusted really well. He's taken his game to a whole nother level. Um, he's a, I heard he's a really good shooter because I have friends that know him. I heard he's a really good shooter, but he doesn't – I want him to shoot more, like shoot more threes. Um, but he's a really good passer, great finisher around the rim. So he's kind of done it all this year for them. Um, and he always answers when they need a big basket or just need to make a big play down the stretch, whether it's offensively, defensively. So um, he kind of – is the leader for their team and has done everything. He's got the fucking Big East in a chokehold right now. Um, and I don't know how much longer he's staying, but he better start getting shit like I was. I got a lot of respect for the dude. I mean, I can't really say much bad about him. I want him to, I want him to shoot more. That's really it. I think we play a little bit differently. Um, I think he likes to pass a lot, um, but he can score when he wants and, um, if they're going to go as far as he takes them and then he's got really good compliments around him in terms of just like Cam Jones being just a scorer, just like a bucket getter. Uh, Stevie Mitchell takes pressure off him because they let him guard the best guard so he doesn't have to do much. Like he could play off uh, the ball defensively and get stops that way, like in terms of helping and stuff so they could like hide him or um, – give him a rest, just letting other guys take on that challenge. And then uh, the kid prosper, 
was uh, really, really good in the semifinal for them. Uh, he, like, he scores it, but he was also uh, – he took Jordan Hawkins out of the game completely, just chasing him around and doing all that stuff. So he did a lot of little things. And then, obviously, the, the big dude in the middle um, does a little bit of everything. So I think if they can continue to play the way they're playing, they could definitely make a run. Um, and then the kid Joplin was – Incredible throughout the Big East tournament for them. As a miss. Yeah, he was proved by his sixth man of the year. Yeah, All right, you got Houston, Auburn in the top Midwest section. Houston, even if they don't have Sasser, Houston for sure. <laughs> I like Indiana here. Um, I don't think Miami has anybody for uh, Trace Jackson Davis. And then – Xavier, Sule, boom. Hopefully he plays better. Kind of shit himself the other day. Seemed like he was a little tired. They didn't want it bad enough. What, was, uh, what would you guys do coming off a bad loss before the NCAA tournament to kind of change your – Shit, there's nothing you can do. Just go back and start practicing. Learn from it. Like, you can't start games like that again. Uh and obviously every team is hungry. Like you got to play with a fire, like under you, like there's either win or go home. And you could see it the other day, Marquette was playing, like they were playing balls to the wall for 40 minutes and they got in their shit early. And I thought Xavier kind of folded. And uh, so I was they, laughing because Cam Jones like came out of the huddle, like crawling through and like they were going crazy. And I was like, I think I might've picked the wrong team to win this. Yeah. I mean, I like I normally, the way I look at it, like, if teams are, like, smiling and, like, just super chill, mm. like, coming out warm-ups and they don't look locked, like, you could tell when somebody's locked in if, like, they're, like, all smiling and shit. Like, you might know that, all right, we got them, but, like, I don't know. They just didn't look ready to play. Mm. But hopefully, I think they'll – their coach is really good. Um and they got really good players. Colby Jones is really good. Sule Boom has been really good all year. Nunji actually surprised me this year a little bit uh, in terms of what he was doing towards the end of the year, especially in the Big East tournament. So I think they have a shot, especially if they don't get Iowa State, they get Pittsburgh or Mississippi State. I think they could definitely get to the Sweet 16. Two, you got three Big East teams in the Sweet 16 so far. Yep, Xavier Creighton and Marquette. You got Penn State, Texas. Seems like you got an allegiance to Penn State, though. I do. I do have an allegiance to Penn State. I would take Texas. I think they're too deep in terms of just guards. Like, they just have a lot of guys on their team that can play high-level basketball. So, I would take Texas. That was kind of a boring bracket. Hey, sometimes chalk wins. Yeah. Uh, give me Arkansas. Arkansas over Kansas. Yeah, gotta shake some shit up. And if Kansas doesn't like, Kansas doesn't get a good game from Jalen Wilson, they could be screwed. And if they don't have Bill Self, I don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah, prayers for Self. Yeah, definitely. Uh, UConn. Four Biggies teams in Sweet Sixteen. Love that. Yep. Gonzaga. Uh, UCLA scares me a little bit. 
but I don't like Northwestern. So give me UCLA. (laughs) (laughs) UCLA, you know, they kind of let everyone, they were the team to win it last year and they let everyone down. You think they learned from that being the hunted last year in the tournament? No. No. (laughs) I forgot Pac-12. Pac-12. How much does it mean to, you know, be tested all year long in a really tough conference? A lot. Like, non-conference to – like, for us last year, we played really tough non-conference. We played Purdue. We played UCLA. We played Baylor. um, We played Tennessee. So, we played a lot of really good teams last year. We lost – we were up 10 against Purdue with eight minutes left, lost the game. Up 10 against UCLA with eight minutes left, lost in overtime. And that kind of really helped us in terms of in Big East play and then – going into the tournament last year. So I think it really helps a lot. All right, we got on down to the oh, – no. oh, we already did that one. Oh, yeah, so we're going into the Elite Eight. You got Alabama Furman. Can Furman do it? No, hell no. <laughs> Creighton beating Arizona. Pac-12. It's a rematch. What do you Bob mean? got the best of Cockrunner this year. Oh, they played already this year? They played in the Maui in the uh, finals. Bala kind of dominated Creighton – or Cockrunner a little. Give me Creighton. There we okay. go. Nah, I mean those the the rims at Maui are fluke. They need to change them shits. If you hit the front of the rim, it's going in. I was just gonna ask. It seemed like the rims are really soft there. So never played there, but every time I watch, those rims are horseshit. You get the most absurd, absurd bounces. Um. Oh uh, man, everybody has Duke. If somebody's gonna beat Purdue, it would be Duke. Is Shire the right guy there? It sure seems like it. For sure. Give me Purdue. I don't yeah. like how everybody's picking against them. They have probably the best player in basketball in college right now. And then, although I don't like this matchup for Marquette, give me Marquette. How do you see them guarding Toshiba in this matchup? Iguodaro, the length. They're going to match his energy because Shaka's nuts. Don't have his guys ready to go. They might have to play small and let Prosper guard him, but who knows? I just don't think that Kentucky can score. Okay. Um, where am I? At? Houston, Indiana. Uh, Houston. They play hard. They play really hard. What is it that makes them so tough? I know you guys um played a great game against them in the Elite Eight last year. Played an ugly game against them. <laughs> it was so it was like our game against Creighton in the Big East Championship. It was like fifty to forty-four. Uh, they just like make it ugly and they play so hard. Like when you talk about like a team that plays hard, Houston probably play as one of the harder teams that I played against. They they just compete on every possession. That's a testament to Samson out there. If they had free mantle, I would say Xavier, but I would take Texas. Then what do we got the Elite Eight or uh, Oklahoma State Elite Eight set last region. Give me UConn. What do you see as uh as what's going to bring UConn to the Elite Eight? What's their strongest aspect? If Sonogo plays well, they're better. He kind of falls apart in big games, but uh, Hawkins needs to play well. He the the two times they lost to Marquette, he didn't play well. Um, and he needs to be aggressive and find offense, even if they're running him off the line. He needs to be aggressive and kind of show up. 
I think Tristan Newton's really big for them. If he plays well, they're they're better. And then obviously, I think Andre Jackson is their most. I don't know. He's just the most interesting. Like if he shows up and plays well, uh, they're really really hard to beat because he could do a little bit of everything. And if he's making jump shots, all bets are off. Is he as big of a shit talker as it sounds like um, when we're watching the games? Yeah, he talks shit. Yeah, yeah for sure. Last week, 16 matchup, Gonzaga-UCLA. Gonzaga. Rematch of the national championship game, or final four game. Yeah, yeah. To go to Excuse the next from uh, two years ago. Yeah, I'll take Gonzaga. Suggs hit that shot. All right, your Elite Eight con Gillespie is Alabama, Creighton, Houston, Texas. Oops, sorry, I messed it up. Uh, Purdue, Marquette, and UConn and Gonzaga. Now we need a final four from you. Alabama, Creighton. Alabama. And you got Houston and Texas. Two, two games and two teams. It really depends on if they get Sasser back mm-hmm. and what he's like coming back, if he's hurt or not. Uh, if they had Sasser, I would say Houston, but I don't know if that's going to happen or if he's going to be healthy, so give me Texas. Okay. Are you going to hedge it, and if Sasser's healthy, you'd pick Houston? Yeah, I would pick Houston if Sasser's healthy. Okay. Um, Purdue Marquette. Earlier, they played earlier this season, and Marquette only lost by five? Yeah, it was a close game. Yeah, it was close. I would go Purdue, unfortunately. That's the one thing Marquette can't guard is size, and you have the biggest guy of all time playing. Yeah, especially, I mean, it all, like, anything could happen. Foul trouble. Both teams haven't lost, so they both could end up losing earlier. And then give me UConn. So we have a Big East team in the Final Four, and then Alabama, Purdue. Alabama, Purdue. Texas, Texas, UConn. Can Alabama guard Zach Eady? Probably not. (laughs) Can anybody guard Zach Eady? Nope. 20 is good, though. Hold him to 20 is good. Yeah. It just depends if he misses. Marquette could do it, though, if you think about it, because they have – Iguodaro can move. So, if he can move and try to deny him from catching the ball, they could do it. You think they'll try to avoid switching those screens if uh, if they do see Edie? Can't do that against Edie. Can't do any of that. You can't blitz – you can't blitz uh, guards with them. And they run a lot of action, too. Like, they'll run baseline screens. Um High lows are crazy. Uh, cross screens to flex screen, like flex action for shooters. So they run a lot of good shit, but Marquette could do it. I just, I don't know. Purdue's been one of the better teams all year. Agreed. Alabama, they have the size and their guards are better in my opinion. I it's play cool. with JQ and he's playing really well. And they have Brandon Miller. So Nate Oates will play for a national championship. In Houston, is it going to be Texas or UConn? You don't like UConn, so what are you doing here? <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> See, here's the thing: I don't like I don't like most Big East teams, but I respect a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Like if they could, like the loss for them might be good, but I don't know because their coach is nuts, like not humble, nuts. UConn. Give me the rematch. And there you go. And is there a repeat or does Bama get revenge? Nah, Bama will win. You got Alabama? 
Yeah, they got uh, JQ's playing really well right now. And he's he wasn't really as healthy back then, I don't think. So you got a Final Four of Alabama, Purdue, Texas, UConn. UConn plays Alabama in the rematch. Alabama gets their revenge. You've got four uh, Big East teams in the Sweet 16. You got one in the Final Four um, and one in the championship game here. So you clearly you think Big East is strong going into the tournament. Is that right? Absolutely. I think there's just a brand of basketball that they play in the Big East. Just like toughness, Marquette, obviously. Uh, they exemplified that. I think UConn is tough. They just need to be a little bit humble and not talk about anything going into their games and just let their play speak for themselves because they do have the pieces to be really good. Saw it earlier in the year. Um, I think Creighton has a lot of guys just really dependent on if they make shots um, and then if they could guard people when they should, like when they want to guard, they could guard and they make shots that are very dangerous. So I like them. And then uh, I think Xavier's just really complete. And if Bone plays well, um, they should be able to make a little run. But, yeah, I wouldn't bet against – if I had to pick two of them to go pretty far, it would probably be Marquette and UConn to go the furthest. Um, but we'll see what happens. Those are some great insights in, into Big East basketball. Let me ask one bonus question. If Villanova had been healthy the whole year – they make it as a, um, you know, uh, uh, at large at large team at this point. They're going in healthy. How far do you have them going? <sighs> what seed would they get? Let's say they get in. They're with a Creighton seed. They're at a six seed. Yeah, five six. Five six. It would depend on the draw, probably. But I would say they could. The talent. The talent is there. They're talented enough. Uh, Top to bottom, I think they're one of the more talented teams in the Big East. If they were fully healthy all year, probably looking at like another 22 wins, maybe mm -hmm. around there. I think it's an extra five games that you don't lose. You don't lose the Temple, probably with Justin and Cam. Portland, no. Oregon, you're not losing to with five scholarship guys. You're not losing to Butler. Butler, DePaul, you're not losing two. I think you get one of – you could have – I think that if Justin was playing in the Marquette game at home, they could have got them there. They lost by two. That's like five games right there. I think they would have got one Providence game, maybe at home if it wasn't Justin's first game. Yeah. That, I think that would have been like six wins there. And then I think they could have been a Sweet 16 team for sure. And then once you get to the Sweet 16, it depends on who you get from there. And anything could happen. They you could have been they, a second week. Colin, you excited to have uh, Cam Whitmore join you in the league next year? Yeah, I mean, obviously he's got more time to play. I'm not going to say that I know what's, what he's going to do, but if it were like if I had to go out on a limb and be like, is he going to stay or is he going to leave? This kid's probably projected top 15 pick, right? So that's hard money to pass up. There could be a lot of Nova guys in the summer league this year that I see, so we'll see. It, just an incredible run for Villanova players recently in the NBA, Jalen Brunson, Josh Hart. Um, what do you think it is about Villanova that gets you guys ready to overperform expectations so much? I think just like the maturity aspect of it. 
like you're just ready to play uh, right away because you've been through so many different situations. Uh, you've hit some adversity at some point in your time at Villanova, whether it's like losing games or in practices, coach is going to, he's going to test you. He's going to try you for certain things and you got to be able to respond. And a lot of it is uh, things that he teaches you about how to be a man going through life. And um, it's like bigger than basketball. Like you could take all the life lessons they gave you and imply them into basketball or implement them into basketball. But um, it's life lessons, it's basketball lessons that you get um, and just try to be a good person throughout it all. Like, you're not better than anybody else. Everybody's status is the same, but everybody's role is different. Like we talk about a bunch of different things. And um, when you get to the NBA, it's a business. So like you have to accept that fact. And um, I don't know, is there 30 NBA teams? 30, I don't, I don't really know. I think it's 30. Like there's 30 opportunities there, but um, each one that you go to or you could get moved around, just be a good person and uh, go in do your job, show up every day, be on time, don't make excuses. There's a lot of little things that kind of go overlooked and a lot of reasons why some people aren't in the league versus why some people are. Like, It's not about um, how you perform each night. It's an 82-game season. Like, It could be up and down, but just try to be a good person, hold yourself accountable, and uh, be a professional in everything you do. Um, we can't wait to watch you in the NBA next year. This is a lot of fun. Um, Hopefully we can have you on again. We can't thank you enough for taking so much time, you know, to go over your bracket. And we'll, uh, we can't wait to laugh at some of the picks that you made later. <laughs> I mean, hopefully a lot of them are right. Hopefully our Big East teams do really well and represent us really well. But um, I'm excited for those guys and uh, getting the opportunity to play against a lot of them. Definitely the Big East is kind of like a family when it's outside of the conference. And when you're playing other teams, you want to see those guys succeed. So, uh, good luck to all those teams that are in there. Hopefully they play well and uh, can make a run or make a push towards the Final Four or National Championship. Uh, it's always a good good thing when you see Big East teams doing well and succeeding. So, And you would know a little something about that. Kong Gillespie, thank you so much for joining us. Sir, appreciate you guys.